0: Welcome to The Windown. Down, an afternoon podcast where two techie blokes sit down over a bowl of wine and chat about what's happening in the world of tech. Enjoy while Scott and Nick open up about their week in technology. Ladies and gentlemen, hello and welcome once again to The Windown. Down. I'm here with Scott hello Scott how How are are you you, Nick how are you (laughs) well let's let's begin as we normally do Scott where are we and what are we drinking so uh, we are back today
1: at the uh, Crow's Nest Hotel in the upstairs area, outdoors, as we test out various scenarios with microphones and cameras and, and to
0: sunlight and yes. all sorts of horrible things and COVID marshals coming up to us going, what are you guys doing? But yes. there you go. They all seem to be pretty happy. Uh, they don't seem to be too sad, do they? Yeah, there you go. Hey, uh, got something special this week. Oh, what's that? A pub wine. Oh, you got pub wine. I've got pub cider, because I'm not drinking
1: that crappy pub wine. Mm. No, this, this one's got a year. It's actually quite good. Oh, talk to me about your pub wine then, Scott. This is a traditional pub drink. It's a uh, Pepper Jack Shiraz. This is actually from 2018, so it's out of the current release. Um, Barossa. It's made by Saltram, pretty sure. Okay. It's one of the commercial brands. And look, it, it, as it says, it's
0: uh, great with steak. Oh, excellent. Well, we'll be having steak in a bit, but for now, we're going to record the wine down. Excellent. <laughs> cool. All right, so today, um, given what's been going on in 2020, I think we thought we'd talk about disaster recovery. Oh, what a great topic. Yeah, so I remember years ago in my first job in IT, accounting firm back in the channel islands we first started talking about disaster recovery and we are thinking global pandemic that will never happen so (laughs) let's start with the beginning what's disaster recovery how has it changed what was it previously yeah so
1: look disaster recovery um and it actually gets confused a bit with where the scope of disaster recovery starts and stops but disaster recovery really is the ability to bring up your operational it environment when something major goes wrong with your primary environment.
0: Okay, so in the old days when we all had an office and we all worked in that office and there was a big fire and we couldn't go into the office and we couldn't get access to our computers, that was traditional disaster recovery, right? That,
1: that's the sort of thing we're talking about. But we've also seen it as, you know, you, you may think, oh, well, look, we're never going to have a fire here. But you also may think, hey, we're never going to have a pandemic of global <laughs> proportions either. Um, I've been evacuated out of buildings that have had gas leaks. I've been tossed out of buildings that have had no
0: power and having to walk down a, a large number of stairs. Yeah, um, a few years ago, we had the Brisbane floods and that oh flooded yes. data centres in garages yes. and all sorts of things. So they, These things do happen and you, you can certainly say, sure, we can in, insure for it and you know, get
1: at the end of the day, get a bit of money back to recover some losses or something like that, but that doesn't really
0: help you. So so in a big company, right, you can spend a bunch of money on disaster recovery, but we're, this isn't really aimed at the, the huge companies out there. We're talking about the smaller ones and, and sometimes you think disaster recovery is a bit out of my reach, right? Well, that's it. I
1: mean, we um, we actually used to have um, business continuity seats in uh, one of the
0: one of the premises I we had, had at one point. I remember those. Yes. In fact, we got. I remember being in Guernsey and uh, we got approached by a company who'd set up a whole another office we could move into if something happened to us.
1: That, that's right. And look, there's a couple of organisations here that still do that. I mean, we. Um, it, this would have been about 2009. We actually moved out to, uh, to North Ride at the time, and we took a whole bunch of space out there to, to build our what was then our data centre. Uh, and we had these uh, three separate rooms on the side. One held 20, and uh, two of them held 10, uni- uh, 10 people. And we set them up for uh, disaster recovery purposes, such that businesses, when they had a disaster, they could come and use that space. To, uh, to run their business from.
0: Cool, so that's the overview of disaster recovery. Now normally in these sessions, Scott has his phone with all of the questions ah, on it, but that. it's gone black, so I've got no idea what's next. Here we go. <laughs> Here we go. Actually, but, I might talk about that. So, um. Phones? Well, phones. not phones, not phones, but but I'll talk about the cloud. <laughs> Seeing as we've all moved to the cloud. Yes. And lots of people don't have servers anymore, And and everyone's been working from home, so premises aren't as important. Correct. What's disaster recovery now? Well, look, and this is, the, this is the thing that even, and I'll tell you
1: what, even, even in two thousand and nine, two thousand and ten. You now I said we just we we'd actually gone and spent money fit out these rooms. We never actually sold any seats. You, d- um, you didn't sell any. To be fair, we yeah. sold one seat oh, to, awesome. to one organisation that decided in a disaster we would have one person come and sit down there.
0: Oh, that's cool. You can run uh, every organisation with one that, bloke. Correct? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> or lady. Sorry. Not meaning <laughs> to be sexist. So,
1: Strangely enough, um, we won a lot of business because we had the rooms, but we didn't... Really actually bought no it. one actually bought anything. <laughs> so we ended up sitting people there as we expanded. Um, it was, it was a, but that's, that's a sign of the times as well. And that was like you know, 10 years ago now. That, that sort of mentality was there that I know about this concept. Um, I'm not going to be doing it, uh, but I'm glad that you've got it in case I need to use it. Maybe it's available. Okay, cool.
0: Um, so, so it's changed now. So we, we less think about... So here's a question for you. Yeah. Everyone thinks the cloud is in data centers somewhere, and yes. it obviously is. Um, what about their disaster recovery? What if the, the cloud got a flood or a pandemic or a fire okay let's so let's look at two elements of that Mm. there's the physical
1: issues around a data center so yes the cloud is housed in a data center yep or data centers around the world um those are specific buildings built to have fire suppression systems built with redundant power built with um uh, not so much water coming out in cases of fire because of course you know it's all very well you get a fire and then the sprinklers come on put the fire out but wet water coming in on the surface Water's not service, good with computers. Doesn't work we, really we don't well. like those. No. No, so you can put gas suppression in or you can put argon or yep. other elements in there. Some of them are uh less harmful than others. Um, the old <laughs> FM200, that was good. Just don't breathe. Yeah, the halon
0: was bad. It used to replace all the oxygen inside your lungs. That was, that uh, was that's a Excellent stuff. choice, yes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> now you, now your, your fire's gone out. Your uh, your room is fine. Your computers are fine. Unfortunately, the engineers that were in the room... Are <laughs> yeah,
0: and no one could go in it for weeks until we yes. clear it all out, so...
1: Yes. So, uh, look, the, the data centres are generally built uh, to be fairly sustainable. Mm-hmm. Um, however, that's not to say that they don't and won't have problems uh, what we have now is uh,
0: clouds believe it or not are actually not built very strongly clouds aren't built very strongly yeah that's that's, that. That. that's 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 your, your grasp of the english language is, is becoming you <laughs> <new> today scott <laughs> yeah so that wasn't <laughs> quite the sentence i had
1: in my mind uh, <laughs> let me say that the modern cloud technologies are designed to handle failure Yes, that's probably a better way of putting it. But they're designed to handle failure on the basis of, you design your application to run from different cloud environments at the same time, and cloud providers have things called availability zones. Yep. Such that you may have one part of your application running in Sydney, one part running in Melbourne, and they synchronize. And therefore, let's say there's a failure of something in Sydney. And look, at a, at a worst-case scenario, you're saying, yeah, let, let's say the, the data center falls down. Yep. Okay, but your app is still live because it's in Melbourne. But cool. And I
0: know there's availability zones in certain geographies. So, yes. like an Amazon Web Services or an Azure would have an availability zone in one bit of Sydney, another bit of Sydney, and probably another bit as well.
1: Well, that, that's just it. And look, um, I think we, we mentioned briefly, was it last week, the week before, the uh, the Microsoft Data Center underwater just off Scotland.
0: Yeah, that was underwater on purpose, yes. so though. That that, that,
1: that's <laughs> true. Yes, to, just to clarify that. Um, but they, they physically constructed or submerged this data center for a yep. number of years underwater to, you know, well, I guess it was a bit of a test. But at the end of the day, when it came back out, they worked out there'd been eight server failures. Now, if you think about that, let's say your app was running on that server, hardware still fails. You're not going to get away from that. It doesn't have to be
0: anything as big as a fire or a building collapsing. They design them so they can handle those server failures, right?
1: If it fails, they just turn it off and your application starts running somewhere else. And This is the thing about modern applications. We're not talking about one server in an office running an application, and if that server has a problem, the application stops. We're talking about applications written for the Cloud that run in 100 different Parts of the cloud yep. all at the same time, and if one fails, look that that's annoying. Just restart the transaction, and one of the other working instances will pick it up.
0: So, so let me let me just divert a bit. I remember when you know Amazon Web Services and Azure first came to Australia, yes. and they were saying to everybody, don't just lift and shift. Don't take your traditional yes. application that's like single server, you know, client single pipe. And just lift and shift it to the cloud. That doesn't get you anything. Re-architect for the cloud. Take advantage of the facilities you've been given. And you won't just get lots of scale, but you'll get lots of redundancy yes. and, and continuity and availability and all those elity things. Yes.
1: And in the meantime, you're solving a bunch of other business risk issues like what does our DR look like? Well, for these apps we've moved to the cloud, they are automatically resilient. We don't have to spend any extra effort trying to... Replicate them, duplicate them, test them, bring them up, back them up, and so forth. Yep, They're just absolutely. Always available.
0: Keep your mic close to your mouth, or they won't be able to hear you, Scott. Oh, I'll do that. <laughs> <laughs> That's better. Okay. Oh dear, right, we're, we're coping with this one. We're going fine. So, so, all right. Disaster recovery and business continuity Ooh. planning. So I know there's no such term as disaster recovery in ITIL. Correct. Um, for the people who don't know what ITIL is, it's a effectively a set of best practices for running IT at an enterprise scale, and it's kind of codified in ISO twenty seven thousand one. However, there's no word like disaster recovery. They talk about BCP, business continuity planning. What's yes. the
1: difference, Scott? Well, BCP is more the outcome of what you're trying to achieve. So let's say disaster recovery says, let's say that oh, I've got a server in an office. Yep. And for some reason, let's say there's a a power outage or a gas leak or whatever, and all my staff in that office, net server, they're no longer available to yep. operate out of that location. Yep. So I would, for example, fail over to a secondary location. Yes. And maybe I send the staff home to access the server remotely from home. Maybe I actually go and find some of these old BCP seats or whatever. But my server, at a disaster recovery level, the IT component comes up in a secondary location and runs the application. Right. Now, business continuity says. With my systems now running, can my business run? Do I know what my processes and procedures are when working in a
0: DR environment? So it doesn't matter what your computers are doing. If you can't run your business, it doesn't work anyway, does it? Well,
1: that's just it. And look, we've done a lot of previous DR and BCP tests with organizations. And at an IT level, everything works beautifully. And the IT systems will come up and the business will go and relocate during a test to a new location. And then you'll say, great. Now go and process an insurance policy or run a transaction or and you'll find three quarters of the way through,
0: oh, I can't access this. Or I have to print it on a certain type of yellow paper and well, there's no printer in my right. disaster recovery. Yeah, got it. And that's
1: when the business looks at it and says, well, we haven't really defined how we operate in a DR environment very well. Sure. Although everything's running, the outcome of successfully being able to process transactions was not there.
0: Okay. So there's some metrics around this kind of stuff. There are. Um, RPO, RTO, Yes. talk to me about
1: the okay. metrics. So, when we look at recovering systems, this applies to backups as well,
0: and mm-hmm. by the way, here's a little plug, the great backup debate. Oh, the great backup debate's coming, it's very exciting, we're going to be sitting, we might even have guests, and we're going to have the, the, the long-standing argument of, do you need to backup if you're in the cloud, or do you not? It'll be very interesting. Yes, check very, the links, It's and we'll tell you where to go to come and see that. It's a very
1: passionate discussion. It will um, be. So look, um, RTO, recovery time objective, and what that says is, if I have a failure, how long have I got to be able to restore my environment such that it's working again? Okay. And RPO says recovery point objective, when I've got my re- environment recovered, at what stage is it? operational so so to
0: what point in time yes so let's say here's an example i'm going to try and use on let's say i'm an organization i back up every night at midnight yes and i have a disaster yes i can really only recover back to midnight That's right. That's my recovery point. Now, if I'm an organization who doesn't care, that's kind of cool, right? It doesn't matter. I can lose half a day or a day. It's cool. But for some organizations, even losing a few minutes can be a nightmare.
1: It it can. And this comes into how you design the solutions that actually provide this for you. If your recovery point objective is 24 hours, knowing that, okay, we can just restore last night's backup. Yep. And we know that the backup restoration is going to take four hours then maybe our RTO is six hours, allowing for a bit of to and fro or that sort of and, thing. And so our RPO is 24. Yes. Cool. And these are values not decided at an IT level. These need to be decided at a business level. Are you
0: talking about business IT synergy, really? Oh, <laughs> cool. where did that come from? <laughs>
1: <laughs> these, This is where um, the business really needs to be saying, look, if my IT systems went down, can the business still operate? And if it can't, then we've got to put something in place that says we need it back up within this amount of time, otherwise there's a
0: problem. Okay, but we're still being a bit traditional, right? How does this how does this operate in a cloud world? Right? So we're not we you know, cloud it's just meant to be up all the time. It's this yes. we've got this yeah, you know, instead of having a explicit service level agreement, we have an implicit service level agreement of my cloud stuff will just work. Yes. Or I'm cranky. So, zero will be up forever. There is no RPO. That's it's right. It's always going to work. The RTO is zero. The availability is 100%. That's kind of th- that's the, that's what the I That's the theory, yes. So, what does it mean in the world of modern cloud apps? I, I said to a business once, a little bit tongue-in-cheek. Yeah. They said, well, what about disaster recovery? I said, well, if you can't get to your office, send everybody to Macca's. They have free Wi-Fi. They have free Wi-Fi. <laughs> that's public Wi-Fi. will collect all the personal data about you. And uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> which, which, Tongue-in-cheek, Scott. Tongue-in-cheek. Separate, separate topic. Okay, well,
1: it's <laughs> I, I could just imagine you know, 50 workers turning up on the little, what used to be, 512k ADSL link uh, available to the uh, Facebook users at McDonald's. Yes. Um, yes, anyway. <laughs> cool. well, I think the idea is, yes, you could send people home and through their home internet, they would actually be able to access. remotely access so the systems. systems yes. And that's one of
0: the benefits of modern cloud apps, right? That you can yes. access them from anywhere on any device oh. at any time. So, so you talked about sending people home. Yes. covid Yes. It's been all about sending people home. Yes. And in some states making them stay there. How has this changed things? It's interesting. Now, I think it was somebody from Oracle that
1: actually said, look, the, um, of all the things happening with COVID, um, technology advancement within business has moved more in the last three months than it has in the past 20 years. In fact, that the, the businesses have now, look, this is the key issue we need to solve. We need to go and make working from home efficient. We need to make sure that our disaster
0: recovery, our business continuity happens, otherwise we're out of business. And we need to do it immediately, right? Yes. When, when government's locked down, um, IT didn't have a chance to run a 12-month project, right? No,
1: that, that's just it. So all of a sudden, bang, off you go, make sure this works by tomorrow.
0: Yeah, here's some budget and, and go yeah. make it happen. Cool. So that's had an effect. Your screen's blank again. I'd it still is. Get, Look keep at keep that. It's naughty positions. how
1: does that. It's very good. I will recover from that. There <laughs> we, we go.
0: So, so you now if we talk about modern IT environment, and we certainly talked about the modern workplace, yes. we've talked about everything being in the cloud, we've talked about no servers, people are being able to work from work and work from DR, work, sorry, work from the office, DR. Do we still need it?
1: Well, you do. There's, there's no getting around it, but the reality is with the cloud apps and the, and the software as a service style apps that you use it's part of the application now so you need to be looking for applications that are always on
0: yep uh, so i've got it so these cloud applications with high availability with global reach with good redundancy designed for the cloud yes you want to look for those you don't want you don't want and dare i say and certainly not not naming names but applications which talk about dedicated stuff. That's bad,
1: right? And look, it's interesting. We were um, we were actually looking at this uh, uh, last night for one client. We were. We um, And we looked at um, the, the, the cost of the application hosted in the cloud depends upon what size you want your database server to be. And all of a sudden, there's these warning bells going off saying, hang on, this, this isn't a, a modern cloud application that's using some distributed database to store data. Nope. You're, they're going to spin up a dedicated instance somewhere. And it's... Hang on, this this should be better than this.
0: Yeah, and and it is with a lot of cloud applications, it is. You, De- you know, if you read um, the National Institute of Standards and Technology definition of cloud, they talk about it being like that, right? Yeah. It's paravirtualized, it's infinitely elastic, it's all of those wonderful things. Dedicated servers just aren't that. No, no, and and they're not necessarily more secure either. Um, so when we say public cloud, we're not saying public as in your data's public. We're saying public as in anybody can access it. Anybody could so so coming full circle your physical seats you bought when you you built that office which one was purchased do we need them anymore with work from home really scott what do you reckon
1: no look i I, the only people i think using physical locations are either specific business models that have a a need to have a physical presence somewhere doing something yep uh and there's look i I would imagine there are fewer and fewer of those around today um, or ones with specific legacy applications that have yet to be migrated to something yeah, better. Cool. And look, those, those
0: applications do exist.
1: There are still old bits of machinery out there and old systems running that have got big investments we've, and we've are done easy a, to
0: do. We've done a session on legacy well, technology. That's, that's not, very true. We let's have not, to. Let's not go back there. I was playing with legacy code yesterday and I still feel a little dirty. Okay. <laughs> and I came across an Apple Macintosh <laughs> SE. I know. Does it work? Here's the question.
1: Uh, unclear. Okay, uh, but I'm concerned that it was there.
0: Well, report back and, I, I, and tell I us if it, tell us if it does. It's a good paperwork. So that's cool. We've talked around disaster recovery, and, and as our news segment that we're we're trying to work on, um, news, news, news. Hey.
1: So look, this this was interesting. Um, so Gartner had their global um, like IT strategy directions sort of yep. event um, in the last week. Virtual, virtual, virtual. Cool. Um, uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was virtual. Yes, it was virtual. It was virtual. <laughs> um, and look, there were some interesting things that came out of that. Yep. Um, and look, what there's a, uh, we're not going to go through all of them in detail because there's quite a bit in there. And this was a conference over a number of days. But uh, wh- one of the things was there's a strong focus on operational
0: resiliency. Operational resiliency. So making sure... Your systems and operations can run no matter what happens. No matter
1: what happens. Like look, a global pandemic. Yeah, it was very predictive, that, <laughs> that sort of statement, wasn't it? Um, yeah. Yes. Oh, okay. So that's that's uh, on top of everybody's mind, every business's mind, about, look, how do we keep our systems running in uh, in a, an environment that is a bit, a bit dynamic, where yep. the governments can change the rules and no, you can't go out, or yes, you can, or you can have this many people here, or you can... Yep. So th- your applications and systems need to work. Um, there were two... There were two other points. There's was, there was one, there one point called the, um, the Internet of Behavior. Uh, and, and this was an interesting topic because it said more and more uh, profiles are being kept about people, about businesses, um, based upon these little breadcrumbs that you leave lying around on the Internet. Yep. Uh, and that you need to be aware that you know, where you go and you do a search for something or you log in, you go to a website, data is collected about you. And then used to tailor either advertising or search results or. Oh, we all know about that. Else. You, know, yeah, you, well, you, you, you
0: mentioned Maserati once and you're bombarded with advertisements for cars you can't afford. Yes.
1: <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> um, so that, that was one key item. I thought, okay, that, that's an interesting sort of thing. There is a trend in that direction for everybody to start knowing more and more about their audience. Okay. At the opposite end of the spectrum, yep. there was a point about privacy is now a major concern amongst everyone. Wow.
0: <laughs> so, privacy is a major concern, and we're gathering everybody's digital dust.
1: Yes. Wow. Cool. So, I, I guess this is... Uh, and this, this is something I think laws that generally don't change very quickly are, are not quite caught up on to yet. Of course. Uh, and we're going to see some... Interesting changes uh, globally around how data is stored and collected, and what, where the boundaries actually are, yep. and how much control people actually do have over their their own data. And is it their data? Yeah. Well,
0: that's fascinating, Scott. It's, good. it's interesting. Report back when you know more.
1: Oh, I'll, I'll just uh, send it to your profile on the internet and it'll find you, I think.
0: <laughs> there we go. There we go. Scott, that's been awesome. That's been a great chat about DR. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you very much, Nick. I hope you enjoy your pub wine and we might get on with some, some lunch in a little bit. But thank you so much for watching or listening, depending on how you're seeing this. Do subscribe. There's um, various ways you can do that. And leave a comment below if you want us to discuss a topic. And stay tuned for the great backup debate, which is coming super soon. And we can't wait for that. So next month we're going to have this big conversation about backup. Right. Thanks everyone. Thanks everyone. Bye. See you later. Bye-bye. Bye bye.